that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some bows. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo Power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand up. Getting buck, hit the chug, Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player, and 64. Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World. And this, today, what we're bringing to you is a Bully and the Hipster Sports Talk podcast, number six. And we are going to talk the aftermath of the Eagles-Vikings game. And as always, I have my man Shahid here. How's it going, Shahid? Yeah, you can guess how it's going. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it's going. Congratulations in order to Jeff. His team won the game fair and square. So he gets the gloat for the first segment of the show. Finally. Um, it, it it took us what a couple of a couple of seasons to beat y'all. I mean, it really didn't. It, it wasn't when I wanted to beat y'all. Right y'all beat us last year. We did. Yes. Hell, I don't even remember that. To be honest with you. Um, but it was an outstanding game. Uh, as far as the Vikings go offensively, I felt like that they knew what y'all weakness were and they exploited it. And you, know, you can only you can only hold one of the receivers down, and I'm pretty sure the plan was to okay, let's not let Thielen get off. So, um, there was no plan. You think so? It, it's, you got they know how to. Everyone knows how to attack the Eagles. That's what that's what happened when you're. Let me just put a scenario to you. Imagine if your team were missing their starting, both starting cornerbacks. And there's slot cornerback and backup slot cornerback. Yeah. So you tell you tell me what you would do if you played a team that missed like their top four cornerbacks. Yeah, it was tough. It it, it was yeah. tough. Um, because I believe it's on Diggs' second touchdown where he just got behind the defense. I was just like, wow. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't. Kirk Cousins couldn't even. Overthrew him if he tried the way he was. I mean, he was just wide ass open. Yeah, covers defense doesn't work when the safety doesn't cover. Oh, he clearly <laughs> so was, that was somewhere else. Yeah, that was a blown coverage right there. But it's kind of like you know, the Eagles fans were concerned about the speed of the Vikings receivers with good reason because Russell Douglas is fine, you know, bump and run and zone. Deep speed has always been his issue, so. That was going to be a problem. And Sidney Jones has just been – injury just been help holding him back. And I know he came back. I don't know how healthy he was. And you have him on a precise route run like Adam Thielen. It's going to work exactly how you think it's going to work, which means not at all. And the most – the best thing about it was we kept y'all honest with the running game. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't stay yeah. away from the run. We kept – uh, yeah, yeah. You know how I feel about it. You got to set up the run. You have to at least establish oh, a run. Congratulations, because you guys got like nine yards on the on the ground. Most teams don't even get sixty against us. So, but Dalvin Cook didn't really do too much damage. Your backup running back got a few. It was basically two big runs that kind of yeah. you know yeah, yeah. the average. But that was fine. They just couldn't get the Kirk Cousins. 
And if you can't get enough pressure on them and you can't cover the receivers, then Kirk Cousins can look good on rookie mode on Madden, which is what happened. Which was shocking because that offensive line is just so shaky. That's what I was worried about. I figured, it, you know, they would knock him down and rattle him and he would be uneasy the whole game. But he was comfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did a lot to give credit to the Minnesota offensive game plan. They did a lot of misdirections and played to the Eagles' aggressiveness. You know, a lot of reverses, fake reverses that played with digs. Like they, they did enough to keep the Eagles' defense honest. And then it's kind of like you give Kirk four seconds, it's a wrap. So, and it doesn't help the Eagles to base the Eagles right now. Offense is they don't have enough speed. That's their biggest problem. So you can only think, you can't think and dunk when you're down 14, 21 points over and over again. Expect expect to get success from that, and that's unfortunately what the Eagles have to do right now until Deshaun Jackson gets back. And when does he do back? Um, supposedly the Cowboy game this upcoming week. If not that, then definitely the Bears game. They want to take their time because it was like you know it's more important he's there the second half of the season than the first half. But it's definitely been an impact because. Everything is within a 10 to 15 yard window. And as good as Carson Wentz is, you can only do so much and you can't control people who drops, who drop and fumble the ball. <laughs> uh, yeah. Drops. That's a, that's a big thing with uh, some of your Eagles receivers, but you should have, you should have a – well, I'm like, okay, how do you feel this uh, Cowboys game is going to play? Let's move away from Minnesota. You know, that's over with. They're going to beat the Cowboys. That's how I'm going to play, especially if if um, Amari Cooper doesn't play and he's scheduled to – there's a good chance he may not play. The Cowboys are beat up too. They don't have their starting tackles right now. Yeah, which was <laughs> – uh, which was, it was, was evident watching the Jets game because I was just like, what is happening right now? If you take out their starting tackles and you take out their starting wide receivers, then they have even bigger problems than we have because it's kind of like you can put eight in the box and they're Dak Prescott to beat you. And Dak Prescott's not, not going to beat you no matter how much help he has from the referees. I know people may complain about the referees, and we've talked about it. And I know Lions fans have to be feeling a certain way, especially after what happened last night. They're abominable. I was watching the end of that Cowboys-Jets game, and I'm like, it was like six straight penalties. Yeah, that that let the last drive. It was. That I was like, I was insane. <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. What is going on right now? And Black. some of the calls were like justified, but a lot of them were like ticky tack and kind of like you don't want people to think you're watching WWE matches. Like, and it kind of was kind of like, you know, how casual fans like, oh, it's rigged. They want to keep games close, especially when it involves certain teams. The Cowboys are one of those teams. And I'm watching this game, and it's like, if I didn't have a rooting interest, I swear I was watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't good at all. Because, I, like I said, just watching the last – because I didn't watch the full game. I watched some of the game. And seeing that last drive, I was just like, this is weird. Like, I've never seen so many flags <laughs> – it was serious, and it, it was just three kept... straight calls. Yeah, it was three straight calls on the Jets, two for pass interference, illegal use of the hands, then two calls on the Cowboys, 
and then another pass interference on the Jets. I'm like, what is that's the biggest issue is pass interference. No one knows the pass interference anymore. Coaches aren't even bothering to challenge them because they're like, we're not going to win. So why waste our timeouts? And it's just creating a hassle. Like, you don't, if I'm a defensive player, I'm doing whatever I can that's borderline. So I'm like, if they're not going to call it, why do I play clean? Yeah, because, you know, I noticed that um, in our game when Diggs and uh, – I can't think of who it was on y'all teams, but they were hand checking basically. You know, both of them were doing it, and I was just like, they're like defense or passing the friends. I was like, how? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, on a, whatever. On a third down too, they kept the drive moving. I was like, yeah, and that's happened to the Eagles all this whole season, but it's happened to a lot of teams. Like Packers fans are still mad that they lost because of passing the friends that wasn't called. So I can only have so many complaints, but it's just. It's inconsistent, and I know people say the refs always been bad. We just pay attention more. So what? We we pay attention more, and you can't. It gets to the point where it's affecting games. Like it was a play in Kansas City where it's a flag because they say it's going like you know a free play because it's all sides. So, um, Pat Mahomes like I have a free play, not the one where they scored on Tyreek Hill. Another one. I got a free play. Those the balls for interception. Oh, it's no flag. What like you? <laughs> like that's affecting game calling. That's that's affecting game plan. You making decisions based on calls or lack of calls, and it's screwing teams. I'm this whole. Well, if you play better, you don't got to worry about it. No, if they do better, you shouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, um, I think it's something they need to definitely clean up uh, because pass interference is becoming a. The, maybe one of the biggest issues or the biggest issues when it comes to these calls and all thanks to the Saints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they cried and, you know, they complained and here we are now and nobody knows what passing interference is, like you said. I already bite from the button. They get bone for passing interference in the playoffs. That's going to be hilarious. And you know it's coming. Somebody, some team is going to get screwed by some bad officiating in the playoffs. You just know it's coming. Yeah, it's building up. You, you could just see it in the regular season game. It's building up, and it's uh, it's, it's, it's going to be bad. Um, I got a question for you moving on. Uh, you got the Cowboys this week. I think Minnesota has Detroit, which I think that Detroit game is going to be a, a really good game. Um, has Cam Newton lost his job? If the Carolina front office is, and general management is, is stupid, he, he did. I hope they have enough common sense to realize that he should have his job when he gets back. But we're talking about the NFL. Because people aren't always smart. Because I'm hearing all this whole thing. Oh, Cal Allen is there. And now we can run a normal offense the way we're supposed to do it. And I'm like, is there anything that he can do that a healthy Cam Newton can't do? Like, I'm I'm watching the Carolina games. And I'm like, he's an SEC quarterback. He's, so, he's taking what the defense gives him. I'm going to put the ball in the hands of my playmakers. Like, oh, Christian McCaffrey, go get him. Greg Olson, go do it. Like, it's, he's not making anything I say, oh, wow, few people can do what he can do. He's doing stuff like if I can walk and talk and I got a decent arm, I can throw the ball a maximum of 17 yards in the air and let people run and get run after the catch. 
mean, so, but I know it's the whole salary cap thing, and Cam Newton's not a real winner, and yeah, and we're tired of him dressing like the Riddler and all this non-football <laughs> stuff. So, and if he if he comes back and he's diminished, fine. But let him come back and be healthy. Because it's like they were fine last year. He was playing the MVP level until he got hurt. And he they fell off a cliff once he got hurt. He wasn't healthy this year. People are tending to ignore that. Like injuries matter. Just because they happened in the preseason, they happened last season. It's like, oh, it'll be fine by the start of the season. Not necessarily. Like my team is still dealing with that from injuries from last year. Like some players are just getting back from that. Some players still aren't back from that. Like Cam Newton was clearly bothered beginning of the season. He needs to rest. He needs to get 100%. But if they really think, like, it doesn't hurt. If they put Cam Newton in and they don't think he has any more, you can always do Kyle Allen. But it's nothing I'm watching Kyle Allen to make me think, like, you know, this is the answer. And you should hope that you shouldn't, like, you know, anoint young quarterbacks too quickly and make certain decisions because they can bite you in the behind, as we have seen with certain teams this past week. Yeah, because, you know, I asked that question because I remember you texted me and was talking about Kyle Allen, and I decided to go and see what the scutterbug was on Twitter about him. And unanimously, that's what I've been seeing. People saying, oh, you know, if he don't lose, he should keep starting. And I'm just like, now, mind you, these are a certain type of people saying this. So. <laughs> yeah, the last is a in the ABI. Uh. <laughs> 90, 95% of them did. So it was like, okay, I get okay. it. Certain pocket quarterback played the right way Twitter. Most of them like, were, and most of them were podcasters. So I was like, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, Kyle Allen won. I'm like, no, the Panthers won partly because Jameis Winston threw five interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, like, I know Bruce Arians is woke and all about diversity, but I'm like, boy, I'm sure he got some slurs in his brain right now watching this because I'm watching Jameis Winston. I'm like, this is Jeff George, Jay Cutler with a suntan. <laughs> like, he just does not have – he has great athletic ability, like arm talent. Mm-hmm. His awareness is just like – if this was man with the, with the passing cone, that thing would be the size of a straw. He has no awareness whatsoever where he's throwing. Some of those balls, I'm like, what are you? Are you colorblind? He can't. <laughs> you know, we, we all know he can't see. And I'm just always to be, I'll be thinking, like, does he have his contacts in? I, so for some, I just think that because I'm just like, yeah, he can't see. Or either he can't read defenses. I don't know which one it is. I try not to read too much into certain things because, you know, a lot of patterns are based on time. And, and if they're not on the same page and you're throwing the ball, expecting the receiver to be there, he's not there. Then the quarterback looks bad, even though it's a receiver fault. But that one that Keekley, I'm like, it was nowhere within the vicinity beside Luke Keekley. So if you're not throwing the ball to Luke, Luke Keekley, who were you throwing the ball to? Keekley didn't have to move. He just had to put his hands up. Like, you know, deflections, fine. You know, it happens. Somebody runs the wrong route, that's fine. You just throwing it to just nobody. I'm like, and I know it's, you know, it's a timing league and, you know, everything happened within two to three seconds. And, and re- on replay, a lot of things can look bad. But even watching it, I'm like, this guy just looks bad. And he looked good the past month. That's the he magnet. Did. He did. It's like, he's just inconsistent. And I don't know. Like, him and, Mari- him and Marietta, they, 
they better lease instead of buy. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I can eventually see these two quarterbacks becoming backup quarterbacks in the NFL, if anything. Uh, One of them's going to be a backup. Jameis Winston is not going to be a backup for nobody. Black chief, high draft black quarterbacks rarely become backups in their 20s. We'll see. We'll see how I play out. It's just, I just. When, my whole thing is, when's the last high-profile black quarterback that was a starter became a backup in their 20s? Mm, R- exactly. RG3? And that was after injury. Okay. Then I got Yeah. Injured. And even then, it was like only certain, you know, that was like certain teams. Like, yeah, we got to run a certain offense because that's the you know, it's funny when you're a black QB, it's not a lot of journeymen. Like, you have a few. Like, you know, Rodney Peace, the patient saint. And yeah. Charlie Bass. Beyond that, it's kind of like, you know, you got a certain shelf life, and then you... Sometimes you might hang around for a long time. You might be Josh Johnson, get a call five years later, because they don't want to get Colin Kaepernick. Most of the time, when you out, you out. Aaron Brooks was a pro bowler, then he was gone. Yeah. You know, because it's... it's- it's interesting that you say that now because I'm just look. I just uh, saw on Twitter that uh, Cordell Jones is now gonna be in the XFL. Yeah, never. He didn't really get a chance. Now he's now he's gone. Nathan Peterman's had five chances. You know, Vince Young, Pro Bowler, gone. He hit a certain age, and then that was that was it. Nathan Peterman. And most black most black QBs with longevity was like they were great for a long time, or they were great for a good time, and then found the right spot. It wasn't this whole, like, you know, I was never good. I just hung around. It ain't no black Chase Daniels is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Now that you say that, yeah. It makes so, sense. Um, moving on from that, let's talk about something that I got to ask you. Are you a believer in the 49ers? I don't know yet. I mean, they're winning. <laughs> no, it's kind of – it's hard because you don't want to fall in the same mistake people made from the, you know, with the Cowboys where – when you're beating a whole bunch of bad teams, you start playing good teams. There's like, are you really good? Or are you just doing what you're supposed to do? Like I watched the I watched the Forty ers I'm like, they're doing what they're supposed to do, but that's all you can, that's all you can do is like do what you're supposed to do. And their play calling the sound. I'm still not sold on Jimmy G, but I'm like, you bring up that game. Well, I know they got buyer's remorse with Jerry Goff. Oh, Shane Douglas. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, this is that was a number one pick. They like mm-hmm. they and then they resound. They he just looks bad. They and Sean McVay, and not only that, it's not just him. Everyone keep telling me how smart Sean McVay is. Is he smart or is he like I was smart when I had Todd Gurley that was healthy? He was smart when he had a healthy Todd Gurley. I'm going with that. And now that they have, you know, a re-signed both of them, Todd Gurley's hurt, and Jared Goff is what he is now. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. It's like I told you, like, week one, I just never be- – I don't believe in him. I never believed in him. I just thought thing- everything was just working out for them for that moment. He was in a good situation with a – uh, he probably say he's got a, a a good coach that, like you said, worked with his strengths. Now that certain things around him are not, aren't working out, 
he's not going to be uh, a quarterback that's like Aaron Rodgers. Like I'm going to will us. I'm going to I'm going to take this game under my control, and you know I'm going to make things happen. That's not him. He's just Jared Goff, which is fine. But you see what happens when the team isn't clicking. This is what you get. Yeah, and it's not clicking. You throw that many he, seventy yards. That's HB. That's HBCU. That's HBCU numbers. I'm sorry. What, what happened with uh D, Dean the Dean Douglas? Just out there, like you know, he looked real smart when Sean McVay was telling him where to throw the ball, uh-huh. and now Matt Patricia figured them out, and everybody, you know, everybody copied him, and it's like they just look, they just look average. And there's a difference between being an offensive genius and having a smart, you know, offensive plan. Like Chip Kelly was smart till he wasn't smart. Like he had a plan, it worked, teams adapted, he didn't adapt, he is where he is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like, you know, is Sean McVay like is small is Sean McVay Bill Walsh or is he like Chip Kelly? Is he doesn't do I got this plan as long as pieces are here, it works fine. But if the piece is not there, what I'm gonna do? And I just laugh like I wonder if they regret. They could have had Carson Wentz if they want. They picked Jared Goff. Ooh. I'm sure a lot of – well, I'm sure the teams that passed up on Wentz are like, damn. Well, yeah. people, don't get, people don't give Cleveland a hard time about doing that. You know, Cleveland looked down upon it because they was like, even if he was in Cleveland, it's Cleveland. And how good would he be? And I don't know. A team – New England used to be bad till they weren't bad. Like, culture can be changed if you start winning. So, I don't know how much Philly that had. The Rams made a conscious choice. They saw Jared Goff. They had the first pick. They could have picked whoever they want, and that's who they went with. And that was not the wise decision. Like, I'm not saying Carson Wentz is perfect. And, of course, I'm biased. I'm an Eagles fan. But you saw Carson Wentz on Sunday, and you saw Jared Goff on Sunday. Like, Wentz can change when, like, his team is struggling just just based off physical skills that Jared Goff doesn't have. And Mm -hmm. it's just – that's the difference between like certain level quarterbacks. It's some like if everything's going well, I look good, and it's others where they're gonna make it do what it do. Like it's gonna be a certain level of success no matter what's happening, just based off of skill. Jared Goff is in the former. You pay him like he's in the latter, and huh, okay. Jared Goff is the is like pulling up and getting into. You think you're getting a transformer, but you got a go by. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's cool, but it ain't, it ain't hitting out the streets like that. <laughs> you ain't telling if, nobody. If he's a go-bot, what's Baker Mayfield right now? Oh man, he's the dollar store. They got some other name for him, like Robot Robot Man or something. <laughs> he's a transmorpher. Yeah, you get something like that. Ooh, because I don't know. I I still don't know how I feel about Baker Mayfield right now. Because I'm like, I get it. He talked a lot of shit, and then the shit that he talked ain't, you know what I'm saying, ain't hitting on shit. His team is, like, not what everybody thought they were. Everybody going to crown them. Oh, you know, they going, they should win their division, blah, blah, blah. And on paper, yeah, it looked good. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things look good on paper. I've seen WrestleManias look good on paper. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this shit here, and I already see people saying they should trade Odell. Why? What? Um, 
I know people have inquired about trading for him because they know he's not happy. They aren't using him well. Um, and you want to take advantage of a dysfunctional organization. They think Cleveland might be dysfunctional. I know what Baker Mayfield is. He's a smaller, more skittish Nick Foles. He's one read and then panic. That's what Baker Mayfield is. If that first read's not there, his mechanics just goes to hell. And he just runs around and, you know, like we've seen Johnny Manziel used to play the same way in college. You can get away with that in college. Baker Mayfield looks good. Like if that first read is there, Baker Mayfield's fine. As soon as that first read's not there, just watch him. Why do you think every, why do you think all defense say like, we know if we get some pressure on him, he's going to fall apart. His mechanics are trash. He likes to double pump and double clutch. He's got bad footwork. Everyone's saying the same thing. We're all saying the same thing. And it's not the whole, you know, maybe Freddie Kitchens is the problem. It's like, you got Odell Beckham, he's catching two or three passes a game. That's a QB issue. I'm sorry, this whole, we got to get the ball to Odell Beckham. No shit. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to be a genius to figure that out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, like I said, you got you got a, a, a decent running back. You got the receivers. You have the team to compete, and your <laughs> the quarterback is the problem. And I don't know if the you know I know the team teams ain't gonna come out and say that, and the coaches not gonna come out and say that. But we all see it. Have you looked at his numbers? Maybe like week three of four, I looked at him. I, Let I me put it to you this way. If certain quarterbacks had the passing numbers that he had right now, and it doesn't have to do with race, it has to do with pedigree, they've got a bench. They'd be benched by now. His numbers are horrible. His numbers are bad, bad. Like, it's, it's abhorrent. And I'm not saying they're going to bench him because it's like, you know, you don't have anything better. You know what you have with him and you're going with it. I'm just saying he need, he's holding the team back. And they're not going to do anything if he's playing the way he's playing. Period. Yeah. Yeah. So, so moving on from that, let's talk about this. Who is your MVP right now? I know it's kind of early, but if you had to choose an MVP. Uh, Russell Wilson. Okay. That's simple. Okay. <laughs> That's easy. You thought I was going to say Christian McCaffrey? Well, Shahid, I know you're not going to say that. I know some people who would say that, though. <laughs> I know you're not going to say that. <laughs> you, I'm used to and pick Pell Sayers. Listen, um, like no offense because he's having a great year, but if you're a running back and you win MVP, you have to run for 2,000 yards and break an all purpose yardage record because other than that, they're gonna give it to a quarterback, yeah. And your team and your team has to like you know make the playoffs or win the division. And I don't see Carolina winning the division, I don't see Christian McCaffrey breaking 2,000 yards. And it's too many QBs having insane numbers for them not to get picked. It's Russell Wilson right now. Yeah, that is um, that is an easy one because you know at you know at first it was hey, Patrick Mahomes was running away with it, but uh, he had some roadblocks or had some hiccups, which you know it is what it is. It's still oh, the defense not, it's called being injured and the defense not getting off the field. <laughs> Like they had the ball for twenty minutes. I don't, I don't care how good your offense is. It's like that's not enough. That defense is shit. If they just had a decent defense, 
things will be a lot different. They may still be undefeated, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, they were fine till Pat Mahomes reaggravated his ankle. Like, that's the issue. Like, you know, he was beat up. Houston, like Deshaun Watson is very good himself. Houston was able to run the ball. Kansas City stopped running the ball because Andy Reid is real hard-headed when it comes to running the ball. And it's like, oh, I don't know about that. And it's tough to be said. Like, Kansas City is still a great offense, but they looked a lot better when Kareem Hunt was running the ball. And it's something to be said about this whole running backs aren't important. We can just put whoever we want there and it'll be fine. And it's like Kansas City and the Rams are proving that is a lie. Yeah. Um, have you been paying attention to uh, any of your uh, 76ers preseason games? I mean, yeah, besides the one I couldn't – they haven't televised the last two. They didn't even have a lead pass – um, feed for the one against the Magic. Okay. I know this is on I just, I really had it. Yes, I, I, but I have been paying attention and I've been noticing some things. Oh, what have you been noticing about your 76ers? I've been noticing that um, good luck scoring on that team. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been noticing. Like, you're gonna you're gonna have a problem scoring on the Sixers. Like people been worried about how the Sixers gonna score in crunch time if they have enough perimeter offense and everything like that. And those are valid points. I'm like, it's not matter if you ain't breaking ninety, if you're not breaking hundred. Like that team is big, long, and athletic, both on the starting lineup and the bench. And they have basically said we're gonna beat you the hell up. That's basically their plan. We're gonna maul you on offense and maul you on defense. Good luck scoring. Yeah. Not, yeah. They just two their smallest players like six six. Yeah, it's a long team, man. It's a long team. And I'm just like, how's this gonna play out? And I just feel like it's gonna be a lot even if y'all have a bad um offensive game and your score is like low scoring, I'm just like, I don't see too many teams that's gonna be able just to score. Yikes. Uh yeah, it, it, this is going to be a fun season. This is going to be a fun season. Elton Brand, Brand built that team a certain style on purpose. He had a, a definite plan on what he wanted with that team. And instead of them trying – too many too many teams try to be what they're not. Like, Golden State's plan works because they go Golden State. That whole, you know, five shooters spread out. Oh, my, yeah, that works because you had two great shooters and then three great shooters. So, of course, you're not going to play big because it benefits who's you playing small and, like, spacing out and shooting. Every team's not built like that. The Sixers are big. But they're not trying to be Golden State. They're just like, they're not going to try to be Boston. Like, we're going to beat you up. We got a 6'10 point guard and a 6'10 power forward and a 7'2 center and a 6'6 and 6'8 wings. We're all big. Why are we going to play small? And it's not like they're small and they're not like they're big and lumbering, like they're big and athletic. Um, and I've heard people say, oh, what happened? Like, who's going to stick Kemba Walker? I'm like, who's Kemba Walker going to cover? <laughs> like, if you're like a 6'1", 6'2", point guard, who are you covering on the Sixers? Yeah, because uh, that's an easy mismatch for uh, Simmons. Yeah, like it's – Fred Van Fleet was invisible against the Sixers in the playoffs and blew up against Milwaukee and the, and the Warriors. There's a reason for that. It wasn't like, oh, he had his son and all of a sudden he found his mojo. But I'm like, 
he was too small against the Sixers. It's going to be a lot of teams where you are, if if you ain't Damian Lillard and you like six three or below, psh, good luck. <laughs> like you're going to have problems scoring on that team. And I was just laughing. I was looking at the box score. Kyle Quinn's the backups, the backup center. He played 13 minutes, had nine assists. I'm like, how did that? Look? And I'm like, how? <laughs> like certain things. I know it's preseason. I'm just wondering, like, how did that happen? Like they. They just play – everyone's in the same place. They play team offense. They play tenacious defense. Um, I know Boston fans are real mad about that matisse Tybo trade, even though Sixers fans were mad about it because they said they gave up too much because they wanted Carson Edwards. And matisse Tybo was out there like a free safety. Like first – like you have a rookie first two minutes, gets three steals and a block. You're like, what's going on? <laughs> like that's, that's how one, they're going to get there. All of their success is going to be on defense and, and be just pounding the hell out of people because one of the few people that could cover him is his teammate. So I'm looking forward to that Boston game. And I know Ben Simmons probably won't shoot a three again until that Boston <laughs> game just to shut people up. And it's just, yeah, like I've been, so I've been paying attention to that. I've been paying attention to all the LeBron talk and I just begin to know it because People really don't care what LeBron James has to say. Like, the people who complain about what LeBron James said don't really care about what LeBron James said. Well, let, 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 let the people know what he said. He basically said that he felt that, well, it was, it's kind of funny because sometimes LeBron is, like, convoluted what he said. And he, like, reiterated and tried to clean it up. He was basically, it seemed like, trying to get the point across, like, you know, it wasn't what Daryl Morey said was a problem. It's like, when he said it. He felt like he was uneducated and understand the impact of what he said. And people were like, oh, he went to school and da, da, da. You a coward and you just wanted Nike money and everything like that. What happened to all that talk? I thought you was more than an athlete. Why don't you shut up and dribble? And it was a lot of smart people saying stuff like that. And my whole thought process is if you're saying stuff that's getting retweeted by people like Clay Travis, maybe you need to watch what you're saying. Like, I'm like, he was... It's easy for Daryl Morey to say what he said. The worst thing was going to happen to him is he gets fired. They was about to go play in China. Did we forget what happened to those UCLA kids that were shoplifting China? Mm-hmm. The president had to get involved. Who's that actress? Fan Bing Bing was an actress. She was like um, Days of Futures Past. She vanished for like three months and then popped up later and like had to apologize like for some tax evasion. Can you imagine like Scarlett Johansson just vanished? For three months, like people was wondering, like, is she dead? Did she get kidnapped? Like, she just boom, one day she around doing films, and then no one heard us all for three months. Stuff like that happened in China. They about to go play in China. It's easy to say, oh, well, they're not gonna do anything. How you know? It's not affecting you. You're not over. Not even the whole money thing. It's like, oh, they aren't gonna do anything to affect. Um, you think Donald Trump cares? Like, remember who the president is right right now. Like, no, you not only you messed up my money, you put me in a situation that has nothing to do with me. Like, this is the the NBA decided to do business with China. The players got dragged into it. How is that the players' fault? 
how's that the coach's fault? They asking Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich. Like, no, ask Adam Silver so he can mealy mouth say, oh, you can say what you can say, but you shouldn't say this then. And then everybody want to get on their whole, oh, how come you not speaking out and everything? And Enos Cantor came out and was like shaking his head. Everybody was like, oh, look at him. He spoke out against Turkey. I'm like, yeah, he spoke out against Turkey while being in the United States. Because he know he can't be in Turkey say that because he'd be in a jail cell. And I didn't hear anybody ask him about how he feels about China because he's Muslim and how China treats Muslim. I'm like, oh, well, the one that, da, 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 It was like, don't be out here with your, you. Know, it's, it's easy to say whatever you want to say when no one cares what you have to say and when there's no impact of what you say whatsoever. Somebody can just tweet something and say whatever. I support Hong Kong. Good for you. And you can go back and understand I'm saying that and, you know, talk and I tweeted out from my iPhone and I have to have an iPhone because everyone else may decide to do business with China and I can't get away from that. Fine. But people are real select about their morals because I didn't hear anybody caring or comparing about this when people were speaking out about black matters here. Mm. I saw people lose their jobs. I saw people lose, you know, sponsorships. You know, I didn't hear Enos Cantor. No one asked him how he felt about Black Lives Matter. Ferguson, nothing. Like Colin Kaepernick lost his job. Still doesn't have his job. What changed? He made some Nike money. Some, you know, some people took a knee. We heard more about it. People still getting shot by cops. People still getting like the same things that he was complaining about are still happening. People still saying he was mad at the troops. He still doesn't have his job and nothing happened. And now you want them to compare, you know, well, you need to worry about Hong Kong. Most people don't give a damn about Hong Kong. It's, just, it's easy to say, oh, I support them because it's the right thing to say. And there's no impact of you saying that. Well, like this, you, you don't, they don't really care. They just want him to say something to have a soundbite and make the job easier. And that was my whole issue with it. And it was a lot of people doing that, this whole my generation grew up with Muhammad Ali and we got LeBron James. I'm like, Muhammad Ali said plenty of sideways things that people forgot about now. And look what happened to Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. He's a hero. He's a hero now. now. He wasn't no hero. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't no hero then. It's like, don't be bringing up what would MLK say? We don't know. Y'all shot MLK. MLK wasn't no hero when he died. So Nick's missed me with all that. Like, they just basically they just want black people to shut up. That's all this is about. They do not care about what LeBron James thinks about China, Hong Kong, and democracy. You know, it's really interesting that you say that because I always, it's always funny to me how things are looked at now when you bring up like uh, Martin Luther King and, and Muhammad Ali because you go back and read and look at your information in, or even hell, go look at movies and see how they were vilified and hated. And now it's just like, oh no, but you know, they you know, they are rejoicing. I'm just like, all right, if that's the story y'all want to tell, but okay. But you know, we know what happened back because, then. Some of Because it's it, they it's silent and it's it's sanitized now. People love using MLK <laughs> as a cudgel to shut up other black people. MLK wouldn't do this, so you shouldn't either. And now it's the whole thing is like they're using Muhammad Ali as a cudgel against LeBron James. Oh, LeBron James, you just care about money sneaking. Most people just, can, just care about money. That's why it's money. Like, with, like most, and most people can say what they want. It's no consequence. It's certain things I don't talk about on Twitter. It's not because I'm a coward. It's because I have a, people don't know, I work for the Department of Defense. 
they check social media. I'm just not so I don't so a lot of things about my job, I never talk about online. Cause what's the point of t- getting my tweet off and getting fired? So like, yeah, I got these likes. <laughs> that's irres- that's irresponsible and stupid. When your words have impact, you watch your words. Most people's words don't have impact, so they they shoot off and say whatever they want. And they have their though, you know, their My Hero Academia AVI and talk real tough tough on their MacBook. Cause it's like nothing gonna happen to me, so I can be a tough guy and care about this. No, whatever. Like this. And I'm going to watch this, the sports shows when I get home. I'm going to hear them say, oh, LeBron James need to be more educated in what he say. I'm like, so should Daryl Morey. But it's funny. Look, the sports talk people are the main ones who should be more careful about the things they say. Guess what? A lot of them not even talking themselves because ESPN told them, don't talk about it. That was real funny. Like, it's real funny hearing ESPN people saying what LeBron should have said and should not have said and about how he got to kiss the butt of the NBA in China when their own company told them, um, don't bring it up. Mm-hmm. Or talk about basketball matters only, the politics out of it. So, you know, so if your employer told you to do that and you're doing that because you like your job, how are you going to get on somebody else's neck? Like, Desmond did the same thing. Like, oh, you need to do this, this, and that. Their political site got shut down. They were told not to talk about it. So when commentators say, oh, y'all real tough on LeBron, how come y'all ain't talking about this? Because they like getting paid to. So stop being hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, on that note, we will close out this week's episode of A Bully in the Hipster Podcast. This is week number six. I am Jeff. Uh, Shahid, you want to uh, leave any information for the people? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you listen to <laughs> they listen to me, they know where I'm at by now, and I'm surprised. Like people don't be people that don't follow me be liking my tweets from all over the world. I'm like, how'd you find this? But <laughs> all right. On that note, we are out, and we'll be back for week number seven next week. Peace.